what's going on, everybody? My name is Reagan. My name is Victor. And welcome to Sanctified-ish Conversations with Pastors Who Have Not Figured It Out. One thing you have figured out, and I'm, I actually admire you for this, I genuinely do, really? is you have figured out how to use your calendar. And that sounds, it sounds like a slight, but you calendar everything so well now, and I don't. I missed a lunch with a small group member last week because I didn't put it on my calendar. He forgot about it too, but it doesn't make, it doesn't, I still forgot about it. I thought you said I forgot about the lunch and I was like, your calendar's not on my calendar, bro. Um, <laughs> I need you to remind me. Yeah. I was like, we're close. We're not that close. Um, no, honestly, that's discipleship. Someone sat down and was like, Hey, we're here to care about your spiritual heart and your calendaring process. Let's, <laughs> let's get through everything <laughs> that you need to do. So that is a product of discipleship right there. It's amazing. I've even, yeah. I, I, I took after it. I, I have inbox zero now, which means that my inbox is, is empty. It's caught up. I used to be the guy with like 20,000 notifications. I hate you. I, I'm sitting that, at zero though. I'm those, sitting at zero. Sanctification. Hold up, hold up, hold up. First of all, there's no way you got through 20,000 emails. Want to bet? Without without just hitting delete all, I I don't care if you show your phone without without oh, delete a, without hitting delete <laughs> all. There's no way you sat today oh, with oh, your work him. hours. Yeah, okay, that doesn't count. I archived them. That, him. that doesn't I'm, count. It's a fresh foundation. It's it's a it's a fresh start. You very similar to salvation. You know, because you with your emails <laughs> is the exact same person. It's like December 29th, New Year, New Me, January first. I'm going to change you. Nothing has changed except the clock went from like 1159 to mm -hmm. 12. That's the yep. only thing that's changed. I, I'm committed. Let's follow up on this conversation in a year. Let's You'll see, see many, my inbox see many still sitting at zero. <laughs> but I bring, up, I bring up your calendar because we're in for a pretty, it's a pretty busy month. March has like historically been a pretty busy month, but we're, we're coming up to a really busy season. I don't know about you, but at least for me. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's busy in the right things. I mean, busy's not always bad. Um, yeah, yeah, bu busy's not bad, but everybody's busy. We have my my least favorite thing is like, hey man, how are you? Busy, and I'm just yeah. like, that means so many things, so many things. Because my version of busy and your version of busy, like your version of busy, may be so busy that like we're not talking about the same thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going out of town at least twice. I'm going out of town four times. Um, I'm preaching like a couple times. I know yeah. you got a retreat. So we have, I mean, I would say it's a busy month. It's busy with the right things. But the reason I bring up a busy month is because we have a lot of cool things to anticipate That's true. over the month of March. That's true. And we have been, a couple days ago, we got to sit down with a pastor at our church and they, he was just talking about the 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 what it looks like to anticipate the move of the spirit what does it look like to anticipate what god is going to do and it got me thinking about the way that i pray for like times when i go preach or when i pray for like retreats that we get yeah. to go on yeah and i was like man do i do i genuinely anticipate the spirit's move at these events because i can get caught up in like the busyness of it all i can i can tell myself mentally i got a crazy month in march and forget that the spirit wants to do amazing things in the month of march yeah so i've been thinking about that a lot i don't know if i don't know if that's something that that you process but i i really didn't know where you were going with this intro and now it makes sense to me oh um, yeah now, so now, thank now you, you. <laughs> now you feel bad 
Now you feel bad. Don't you? <laughs> for, for, for those of us who are listening, we never plan our intros. Victor's just like, I got an intro. And then it's a countdown and I'm just left like shooting from the hip. Um, so I'm glad we we're able to connect calendaring to the anticipation of the Holy Spirit. Um, you're very good at what you do, sir. But Thank no, you. yeah, there's, there's a lot of really cool things on the horizon. And I think especially this is not just like a church issue, but we oftentimes try to do things in our own power. And then we wonder why God doesn't move. And so I think... Um, it would actually be really fascinating to wrestle through with like God can move and will move without necessarily my posture. Like my posture doesn't determine how God moves. Yeah. God yeah. has moved powerfully when I haven't necessarily been in a position of surrender or anticipation or expectation or whatever. Um, but at the same time, he wants that. And so like when we look at these moves of God, like even take Asbury, we talked about Asbury last week. When we looked at this, yeah. like these movements of the spirit that are happening what is it that these people are doing where God is responding and the Holy Spirit is at work? Um, and I think we even had a, we had a pastor friend um, come to speak to our student staff the other day and he's from a church out in Tennessee and he was just talking about like they had this revival happen where all these people were getting baptized and all these people were coming to the Lord and he was just like, we didn't do anything. Like yeah. there was no nothing was written on a whiteboard. There was no programming structure. He was like, we just kind of opened up the doors and we had an emphasis on prayer yeah. and like the Lord showed up and the Lord moved. And the fascinating thing, we talked about this at a different staff meeting is that there are churches and pastors all around the country that are doing the exact same thing. And they're not seeing five, 600 people come to know the Lord. Um, yeah. like there are parents who have prayed for their kid every single day and their kid is walking with Jesus. There are parents that have prayed for their kid every single day and their kids are not walking with Jesus. And so I think it's a fascinating thing to talk about, like what it looks like to anticipate and be expectant yeah. for God to move in our lives. Um, but also knowing that this isn't a two plus two equals four formula, right? It's not like if you pray for 45 minutes, that automatically assumes that God is going to like bring fire down from heaven and, right, and, right. and it's all going to work out. Um, but, but I do well, think it is fascinating. That posture, right. Is if, if we treat the Holy spirit, like a math equation, I think that was a really good example that you brought up. We, we use the Holy spirit then to get a product that we want. So the Holy spirit at, at that point becomes a means to an end. Yeah. And the Holy spirit can do whatever, whenever the Holy Spirit desires. And I think I think in the Western church in particular, we have lost our emphasis on the Holy Spirit. So we have, you know, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and then maybe like the Holy Bible are Amen. like so Amen. we just toss out the Holy Spirit and we Amen. don't we don't really talk about how man the Holy Spirit is a crucial piece to the Christian life. I mean, we talk about Jesus even talks about in Acts, hey, I'm yeah. gonna go so that I can send you this helper. Yeah. And I think this this idea of anticipating what the spirit wants to do, while it's not a it's not a, a formula for us to get what we want, it's yep. a posture that we need to operate out of daily. Yeah. I, I do think you you brought up an interesting point. Um this might get a little nerdy with church history, but I think evangelicalism, especially like Protestantism, um, is so fascinating because the Catholic Church, like we in a, in, in an effort to be so anti Catholic like we have moved away from yeah. like certain practices and honestly in an effort to be anti-Pentecostal, we've moved away from the Holy spirit. 
And so it's like, oh yeah, we don't want to be the ones running around holding snakes, doing God knows what. So we're just going to stick to what the word says and our doctrine and our truth. And like the beautiful thing is like word and doctrine are great. Word and doctrine are important. Um, but we can't have one without the other. Like the Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible to hold in such esteem his words and cast him aside doesn't actually hold the Bible in high esteem. Um, And so I think it's fascinating that you even bring that up. So like, yeah, a reliance on the Holy Spirit and bringing the Holy Spirit back into Protestantism, Protestantism, Evangelicalism, even like Baptist circles. That's that's, that's the realm that we kind of operate in. Um, Bringing the Holy Spirit back into that, I think is a great place to start with this. I, yeah. I do think if we can tag a scripture to this, um, when Elijah defeats the prophets of Baal, I think it's so fascinating. Um, because basically it's like, it's my favorite story. It's one of my favorite stories in the entire Bible because it's basically just like Elijah versus these prophets. And it's like the closest thing to like a football game you'll find in the, in the old Testament. It's like one team versus another who's going to win God or evil. And towards the end of the passage, Elijah just prays a simple prayer. That's all he does this entire time. And it's basically like, God, show them today that there is only one God and let you get the glory. That's the gist of the prayer. Fire comes down from heaven, consumes the entire altar, and like completely blows away the prophets of Baal. And so I think there's a couple of things that we can look at there. One, we want that fire fall from heaven moment. Like those are the things that we're talking about. We want to see God do amazing things whether it's like bringing students to baptisms, whether it's see what's ever going on at Asbury right now. We, we want to see these amazing things happen. And we see Elijah pray and pursue the Lord, but we also see him pray for God's glory. And yeah. I think that right there, that key of God's glory, I think sometimes we pray, I don't think we pray for his glory. Yeah. I think we're saying, Lord, Lord, like have these kids come to know the Lord. God, have, have this chapel full, but like, is it for our glory or is it for his? Yeah. And I think that that's a reality check that the Lord will do amazing things when it is for his glory. Um, you, you brought up doctrine and like right thought about the word. And, and I, I totally agree in an effort to kind of like stay away from Pentecostalism and because like Pentecostals like scare Baptists. It's like one of the scariest thing for a Baptist so to fun, like though. see a Pentecostal surface. They're so fun. And it's like, sure. It's like, yeah, sure. Pentecostals probably have their own theological stuff that they need to deal with. But it, as a response, what we do is we take the doctrine and we take the word of God and we, we craft it based off of our response. So if we had a correct view of the word, if we had a correct doctrine in this area, it would actually emphasize the spirit. But because we see the Pentecostals overemphasizing the spirit in a lot of cases, yep. we, we pull back, we retract and we're not able to view the doctrine of the Holy spirit in a healthy and good way. And I think, I think you brought up the point with a lot, like pray for God's glory. That's what he does here. And in the sermon on the Mount, when Jesus is teaching his people how to pray, pray like this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like our command, the thing that Jesus tells us to do is to pray for God's glory. Your kingdom come, your yeah. will be done. If those things are done, God is glorified. Yeah. Pray for it. And then Jesus in the garden, again, the garden of Gethsemane, he's about to be carried off to the cross. He's about to be betrayed by Judas. He sits there and he's talking to his dad and he says, hey, I want this. It's going to be hard. I would prefer if you took the cup away from me. 
yeah. but your will be done. Yeah. There's I, a submission when we pray for the glory of God. There is. And we have to be willing to submit. There is. Because there's a sacrifice of your own glory. And yeah. if we're honest, that's one of the hardest things to actually give up. Um, I I hear the voice of the pastor in a small town church in Ohio right now of just like, man, I am praying and I really, really do want the glory of God to come. I, I, I can hear the voice of the parent. This is, man, I really am praying for my kid. And like, I want my kid to know Jesus because look at the testimony, the generational faithfulness of the Lord. And to the pastor who's not seeing 500 people, who's not seeing what happened at Asbury happened in their church, because you also yeah. can't replicate that. That's yep, a move that's of the good. Holy Spirit. You can't copy and paste that to every church in every city in America. Um, to that pastor, I would say God gets just as much glory with one person coming to know him than 500. We think God works in these big, massive numbers that it's only a move of the spirit when 500 people get baptized. No, there is just as much of a party thrown in heaven for one person who repents as there is 500. And that might be even greater glory because there's so much faithfulness and prayer and seeds that have been sowed for that one person. Um, And to that parent, that's just like, man, like, I've done everything right and I've prayed and that's the kid still hasn't come home. Like, man, his story isn't finished yet. Yep. Her story isn't finished yet. Yeah. And God, two things. One, that, that, that kid may come home one day and what a testimony to the glory of God that after years and years and years of walking away, the Lord brought them back. So their story isn't finished yet. Second thing, it's also a tougher thing. Sometimes God gets glory when the kid doesn't come home because people see the way that you pray and they see the way that you're faithful and they see the way that like, this is the only hope I have for my kid. And in that God still gets glory. So I think yeah. like we want these fall from like these fire from heaven moments. But the reality is like, those are only important when God gets glory. Yeah. And so like, I think even if we shift it, Elijah didn't necessarily want the fire to fall from heaven. He wanted God to get the glory. Yeah. And I think in the church, especially as pastors, we want those big moments more than we want God's glory. And when we want God's glory, I think we'll get those big moments more. Yeah. That's, that's a perfect way to frame it. We want those big moments rather than God's glory. And we, we won't say it like that. We'll disguise it. Right. Yeah. And, and this is just because we're sinful people. So we will program something to look big and huge to prompt some response in efforts like like we say that we do it because we want to provide a space that the holy spirit can move yeah like fact of the matter is the holy spirit can move on a tuesday at 2 p.m if you wanted to like no no programming no structure no nothing yeah. it's the holy spirit yeah like we don't have to create a space for the spirit to to do something this is why like people will say like when we sing the song holy spirit you are welcome here like we're not giving the spirit permission yeah. to like do something here. We're saying like, Holy spirit, we want you here. Like we, we anticipate your movement here. Yeah. But it's even like with that semantics, it's like you, you see like reformed people, especially will sing that song and say, no, the spirit doesn't need my permission to move here. But it's like, when we sing that song, we sing it out of a posture. Yeah. Of, no, we're not giving the spirit permission. It's surrender. We're saying we want anticipation. Yeah. Like spirit, do what you will in our lives because we don't want what we have. Yeah. And it's like, man, when we surrender the our own glory, yeah. when, when we are willing to lay that down at Jesus' feet, man, that is when the spirit 
steps in and changes lives. Yeah. Um, and I love how you mentioned the Holy Spirit is glorified. God is glorified through our obedience. Like yeah. our obedience, God is glorified. So like you have 500 people come to know Jesus, big revival, big thing, big, like awesome. Holy Spirit is glorified. The mother who's been praying faithfully for her son yep. who may not ever see him return to the faith. Yep. God is glorified. Yep. And it's like that small, consistent, faithful obedience. God is glorified. I have a small group leader. He'd be totally fine with me sharing the story. He He's praying for a coworker for 23 years. Hmm. that his coworker would come to know Jesus year after year after year. He would say that he prayed every day for this coworker. Hmm. He started leading small groups at our church and I had a student join him in praying for this coworker. Yeah. Year went by, year went by, year went by five years later. I got a text from this, from the small group leader who, who um, was so excited. He's come to know the Lord. He's come to know the Lord. And it's like, it took 20 plus years of faithful surrender to God in prayer. Yeah. But the Lord showed up. Yeah. And no, that may not be everyone's story, but man, like God is glorified in that just as much as he would have been glorified through my small group leader praying for his coworker and his coworker never coming to know Jesus. Yeah. I... I love that you mentioned that because like, first of all, like obedience, um, there is something that the Holy Spirit will do that I don't think we're, we're particularly prone to this, but like listening to the Holy Spirit and his, and his promptings and following that in the moment, like this is, this is like literally, it's just like the Lord will lay someone on your heart, man, I should text them. Yeah. The Lord will lay something on your heart, man. I should really pray for them. And then like, I've seen so many times where it's like someone will do that and they'll text them like, Hey, I'm just praying for you today. I don't know if you need this. And like, that's exactly what they need in the moment. Yep. And I think we are so shut off to that, especially in like our specific theological camp. We are so shut off to that, that we are missing like the longing of the Holy Spirit to interact in his people in that way. And so like we're missing some of the moves of God that he wants to do because we're not obedient to what he wants to say in the moment. Yeah. And that just requires an openness. Like, all right, Lord, like, what do you want me to do? And then when he places it on your heart, just be obedient to it and see what he does. Um, I also think that like, asking the Holy spirit to come in and not just change your plans, but be open with the outcomes. Yep. It's, it's kind of like the idea of like, when you said, when you say that song, like Holy spirit, you're welcome here. The thing that comes into my mind is we're just opening up the door and however he wants to move, not just to change my plans. I think sometimes we're comfortable with the Holy spirit changing the way we get to the destination. We're not comfortable with him changing the destination. That's good. Like if the answer is no, is the Holy spirit still welcome? And I've seen this a lot in my own life where I'm like, I am a dreamer and I am a planner and I'm very comfortable with the Holy spirit changing the way that I get to my desired destination, but I hold very tightly to my desired destination. So when the Holy spirit isn't just speaking to me, but he's shaking my world saying the answer is no, the answer is no, the answer is no. Now, all of a sudden I stop asking the Holy spirit to intervene. Yeah. And then I wonder why the fire didn't fall. I wonder why quote unquote, God wasn't in it. Um, and so I think surrendering to the Holy Spirit means giving him everything. Yeah. Um, 
every every part of your decisions. Well, and yeah. actually, hold on, I'll end with this, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Yeah. I think we don't ask the Holy Spirit and we don't ask God to interview, intervene in our plans primarily because we don't, there's a difference between the God of the Bible and the God that we have and know right now. Yep. And so I've never seen fire fall from heaven. I've never seen oceans split. I've never seen that. But like, if I look in the Bible and I see all these miraculous things, like we have a, 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 a distance between that God and the God who's sitting on the throne in revelation and the God that we think that cares about your kid that's wandering away here and now. And so we don't ask that God for help. And so I would just love to hear like, man, like how did we get to that point? What does it look like to restore our view of God and the Holy spirit? And what are some practical ways that honestly we can have a bigger view of him? Yeah, man, it, it all goes back to, we don't believe like, like we don't believe that we serve a God that is capable of doing something like that. Um, we got here out of a response, um, to bad theology and like, it was bad theology. Yeah. yeah. But Satan taking advantage of when the spirit moves, we respond to it. We, we correct course in a lot of ways, but, but but Satan wants to peek in here and start twisting things. Oh, the Holy Spirit, he's not as powerful as maybe the Bible says he is, or you don't see him doing stuff. And so you can't really believe that, that the Holy Spirit is there, you know, dwelling within you. Right. So, so there's little, Satan likes to poke at our belief in what the Holy Spirit role is, its presence. And like the fact that it is a part of the triune God. And it's really sad, but the way we correct course here, it's going to sound really simple. And it's, a, we need to pray. Like we don't pray big prayers because we don't anticipate the Holy Spirit to answer them. Hmm. And the big prayers can't just be, you know, big prayers. Like I'm just going to pray a big prayer that I make a million dollars this year. No, that's not a big prayer. That's a selfish prayer. When we say we want to pray big prayers, we want to pray things that God would bring himself glory in ways that we could not imagine. Yeah. In ways that we could not fathom. Yeah. And however the spirit chooses to do that, man, we need to be content with. Yeah. We can program and we we can do things to manufacture results, but ultimately, if we want to see life change, it requires us to surrender to God and how he sees himself getting glory. Like we he he has the best view of himself. Yeah. So let him bring himself glory. We are just invited into that. So there there is a there is a piece where man, we just need to pray for it. Yeah. God, restore my picture of the Holy Spirit. Help me experience the Holy Spirit in a new and fresh way. Psalm 51 paints it. Restore the joy of your salvation to my heart. Yeah. Like remind me of the moment when the Holy Spirit literally entered. Like, like the moment when I surrendered everything to Jesus, I was justified, baptized with the Holy Spirit. I received God in my soul and in my spirit dwelling within me, like restore the joy that I felt in that moment. Yeah. If we start there, then the surrender comes after that because when we experience the joy of the spirit, we want nothing else and we surrender from that. Um, when you said that the first two things that came to my mind were that worship song by Cody cards, nothing else. And I surrender all. And yeah, yeah. like, I do think like when the heart of those songs is a, heart of desperation and desire for God, which I think prayer begins when self-sufficiency ends. 
And we are very, very, very self-sufficient in our own power. We think that we can do the miracles, we can perform the works, so we don't pray. And so it's not just a greater view of God, but it's honestly a decreased view of ourself and our own powers that therefore leads to prayer. And I think like a scripture that's been in my heart recently is Psalm 143, especially verses five and six, where like it says like, I remember the days of old, I meditate on all the things that you've done. I lift my hands to you and my soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Mm. Like that last part, it's like, I long for you. And it starts with remembering what God has done and worshiping him. And then it ends with desperation. So we don't start off desperate for God. It starts by remembering what he's done. And like, honestly, that does come through reading the word and reading like God's stories of faithfulness to generations and generations and generations. But like, he's also been faithful to you and me. Yeah. And I, I told our staff team, I'll be a little vulnerable here, but like I told our staff team last week, I'm just like, I'm in one of those seasons where like, I just don't feel like God is moving in my ministry. And that's not true. But I think that's the case because like I want the 500 salvations and I want the 500 baptisms. And if that doesn't happen, that means God isn't moving. And one of the persons on our staff team was just like, no, I don't believe that's right because God is doing this and he's doing this and he's doing this. And you don't even know about this, but he's doing this and this and this and this. And I'm like, God's ability to move is not dependent on my ability to know about it. And I don't have to know everything that's going on with God to know that he is moving and working amongst his people. And so when the Bible says like, I need to remember the works of his hands, yes, go back to those stories. But like having something where I'm like, this is how the Lord is moving among his people. That inspires us to worship him. And out of that worship, our hearts long for him. Like, Lord, come and do that among your people. Come and do that among your people. Like, I think that's the heart of Asbury that we've seen. God, we just want you. Yeah. to come and move among your people. And I think that's a heart that I long to keep in ministry that I find is very fleeting. Yeah. Very, very fleeting. And I wish it would stay longer. If y'all want more on the idea of really like thankfulness and how that leads us to worship. We have a whole podcast on Thanksgiving that we will link in the podcast notes. And hopefully that will just, man, like remind you of how we ought to remember the good things that God has done. There's a practice that our pastor told us about. He's like, write what got, write something in your life that has happened. And then write under it, the Lord is faithful. Good or bad, the Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. And what you'll see is like, although there have been trials, although there have been struggles, it's like the Lord is faithful. And write your story out like that. It's a beautiful picture to like track from beginning to where you're at now of how the Lord has showed up in your life. And I, I, I'm confident that if you take the time, you sit down, you meditate with the spirit on how God has shown up in your life, there will be, there will be an, it'll be so overwhelming that you won't even be able to write them all down. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, that was a really good episode, actually. I was really, I'm really happy we chose to record. I was, I was a little tired. I don't know. I was, I was not confident in my ability to talk about this. So I'm glad, I'm glad we chose to. Um, if you want more of our podcast, you can check us out on social media at Reagan Jones 97 and at Rots of 157. We post podcast clips. You can also check us out on, um, iTunes or wherever you get all your podcasts. <laughs> iTunes? <from. laughs> 
We'll see you in the next one. Bye. I said iTunes. <laughs>